Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, December 16th, 2022. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And that should be a precious truth to every believer. And what it goes on to say is, you know, even the the devil himself, the, the accuser of the saints really is the idea who can bring a charge against God's elect, who's the best at doing that, the, the devil, um, even that, he can't stand against us because it is Christ who justifies any trial or tribulation or persecution. None of that ultimately can stop the church, can stop Christians, uh, because if God is for us, who can be against us? That, that's a powerful truth. But today, we get to see an example of that uh, as we read in the book of Ezra. Ezra chapters 3 through 6, and you will see if God is for them, who can be against them? And we'll also see sometimes that truth uh, should prompt us to action. Sometimes that reality, we need to say, hey, I'm going to step up and do this thing because if God is for me, who can be against me? Let's look at Ezra chapters 3 through 6. So yesterday we read really about the return of many and the proclamation of Cyrus. And we uh, came back to uh, Israel as we read with them. And today in chapter 3, we read about how they start rebuilding the temple. And they come and they start the work of rebuilding. They celebrate the Feast of Booths. They start offering burnt offerings again, and they are rebuilding the temple. They lay the foundation. They sing a song that uh, should bring back memories. It's in the Psalms a lot, but it was a song that was sung at the dedication of the temple in verse 11, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. But then you see the mixture, how some are rejoicing in this, but some are weeping. Some were old enough to have seen the former temple and they know, this isn't the same. And so even it, with God fulfilling his promises to restore, there Ill, still is a sense of sadness over the consequences of sin and idolatry. But then we really get into this saga of opposition where adversaries arise uh, and oppose what they are doing. And what they do is they write a letter to the king. Uh, it says they write a letter to King Artaxerxes there in verse 7 uh, because they are trying to stop the rebuilding. They say, hey, let us build with you. And uh, the, the Jewish people say, no, you have nothing to do with this temple and our God. You are not going to build this with us. Um, and so they write a letter to the king saying, hey, king, these guys, this kingdom, haven't you, don't you know your history? This, this kingdom here, this kingdom of Judea, the city of Jerusalem, they are nothing but trouble. Verse 13, now be it known to the king that if the city is rebuilt and the walls finished, they will not pay tribute, custom, or toll, and the royal revenue will be impaired. You know, saying, hey, these guys, they're, it says earlier, they're rebellious and wicked. And so the king answers and he says, um, you know what? I, I, 
did look up that city, and it says that rebellion and sedition have been made in it. Chapter 4, verse 19. So uh, they should stop the work of rebuilding. And this makes the bad guys happy. Uh, They come in, it says, by force and make them stop. But then in chapter 5, it talks about Haggai and Zechariah. And especially, we'll get into Haggai uh, tomorrow in our reading. Uh, But basically, we're going to see he prompts the people, hey, you need to start again working on rebuilding the temple. And so they they do. They start rebuilding the temple. But again, this governor comes and says, uh, who told you to do this? Uh, what What's going on here? And it says in verse 5, but the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until the report should reach Darius, and then an answer be made uh, returned by letter concerning it. So now time has passed. There's a new uh, king in Persia, and they are going to rebuild again. And this governor is saying, "Well, hey, let's check in with uh, let's check in with King Darius." And so they write a letter to the king, and he looks and he sees. Wait, Cyrus the king said they were supposed to go and rebuild the temple. So go and rebuild the temple and make sure they have whatever they need to rebuild the temple. And I love even what it says in verse 11. He says, also, this is chapter six, that the king is responding. Also, I make a decree that if anyone alters this edict, a beam shall be pulled uh, out of his house and he shall be impaled on it and his house shall be made a dunghill. Uh, So listen to the king or bad things are going to happen. And with this, uh, the the temple is finished and there is a a dedication and it tells about all the animals that were uh, sacrificed and offered up in this celebration. And then they celebrate Passover. Uh, And and so you see uh, how even this was a joyful season with Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It says they uh, they kept it with joy in verse 22, for the Lord had made them joyful and had turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them uh, so that he aided them in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. So you you see here, um, if God is for us, who can be against us? And you see how that played out. And even for them, it was a challenge. They needed to step up and do what they knew was right. They had to, whatever anybody else was saying, they needed to step up and keep rebuilding the temple. And as they did that, God protected them. God gave them favor in the eyes of the king. So a very powerful example there of if God is for us, who can be against us? And I hope that encourages you. If there's something in your life where you know, man, this is something I need to do. Maybe it's sharing the gospel with somebody. Maybe it's uh, something that you're being pressured to do at work and you need to say, nope, I'm not going to do this. Uh, Just remember, if God is for us, who can be against us? We need to focus on pleasing him uh, more than anything else. Uh, Now let's go to Psalm 137 as we look at really a psalm of the exile. And you see how clearly this is good to read this now that we're seeing them come back and we're seeing the joy of the temple being rebuilt. That's being contrasted to the morning of exile because it says in chapter 137, by the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Um, 
And it's saying, hey, we, they, they told us, hey, sing, sing us one of your songs. And in verse four, they say, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Uh, let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. And now we see that they're back. The temple has been rebuilt and dedicated. Uh, what a joyful moment that must have been in contrast to the song of mourning as they're in exile, longing for Jerusalem, saying, Jerusalem, if I forget you, let my right hand forget what it's supposed to do because I want uh, to be in Jerusalem. And now they are there. Uh, Let's go to Revelation again and continue with what we're seeing here in chapter 9 and buckle your seatbelts. We're going to see some intense things and we'll close by noting just the deceptive and really the, the captivating power of sin. Uh, you read here mostly about the fifth and sixth trumpet uh, judgments. And these are very interesting. Each of them uh, seem to feature some kind of, of creature uh, appointed by God to inflict suffering and death upon people. Uh, the, the fifth um, a star, the fifth trumpet, a star falls from heaven and there's this shaft to the bottomless pit and, and these locusts, uh, again, they're, they're not, it doesn't seem real locusts, but it describes them. Um, they have this power to sting for five months and uh, it's an awful thing uh, that even the people that are stung, it says in verse six, they will long to die, but death will flee from them. And and then next you get uh, the sixth trumpet uh, that releases really this army, uh, mounted troops. And it again describes their appearance. uh, And it says fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths and a third of mankind is going to be killed. So uh, pretty incredible judgments here uh, that we see coming upon mankind in this time of tribulation. But Perhaps the most amazing part of this chapter is the end of the chapter. Uh, Chapter 20, the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Uh, you would want to think, man, if I saw a bottomless pit opened up and these scorpion-like creatures stinging people and then this mounted army with uh, fire and sulfur killing a third of mankind, I'd repent. Well, don't count on it because people are so entrapped in their sin. People are so rebellious that they do not repent. And I think this passage should be a warning right here, right now, uh, that um, if you think, maybe you're listening to this day and there's some sin in your life that you think, I've got this sin under control. And when the time is right, I can and I will give up this sin. Don't bet on it. Uh, don't let sin deceive you like that. Or if you're talking to someone and they know they're not saved, but they're like, well, hey, let me live in sin. Let me sow my wild oats and and let me, uh, you know, just kind of do what I need to do now. And, you know, when I get older, I'll repent. Don't count on it. 
here's people that are seeing the worst judgments we could imagine, and they are still not repenting. I think that says something about the deceitful and captivating power of sin that you should take notice of today in your life. And if there's any way you are holding on to some sin and it is deceiving you into thinking you've got it under control or you can give it up when you need to, don't count on it. Uh, Because people will see the most incredible judgments that have ever come upon the earth and they still won't repent. How are you so sure that you will? And maybe giving up that sin will be hard. Maybe it'll take some courage to do that. Well, that's when it's good to remember, if God is for us, who can be against us? If you do step up to say, hey, this sin that I've been holding on to, I need to put it to death. God will be on your side in that. And so let the example of Ezra speak to all of us today. And with courage, may we seek to live for the Lord. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.